Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. To help prepare all of you listeners for the NCAA Round of 16 and home stretch of the 2021 college tennis season, what we're attempting to do here at Crack Rackets is speak with each of the remaining 32 head coaches of the NCAA Division I event. That means 16 men's coaches, 16 women's coaches, all over the next few days on this Cracked Interviews podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get to another one of our conversations with the many outstanding head coaches still alive in the 2021 NCAA Tennis Tournament. Hey, Cracked fans. As winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Cracked Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips, they've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma string users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma strings, maybe now's the time to start, but they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Joining us on the show now, head coach of the USC women's tennis team, Coach Allison Swain. Coach, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is always a pleasure. And I have to say, of all of the performances I saw in the kickoff weekend of the NCAA tournament, and there were a bunch of good ones for your team to beat Oklahoma, bounce back, beat host Florida. You guys were my MVP of the kickoff weekend. Let's start (laughs) there. Uh, Two fantastic victories for your team. How are you feeling? Um, I'm super happy right now. Our team is, is really motivated. We're feeling good. We've put some things together, uh, late in the season. So yeah, we're just, we're excited for what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at the record overall, 13 and 10 is not an eye-popping <laughs> number. And yet, you know, it's UCLA, Pepperdine, two top five teams. I think that's six losses there. And then, you know, Stanford, Cal, mm-hmm. they're as good as anyone. When you look at this team, back-to-back round of 16s for the group, uh, what does it say about the resiliency of your squad? Yeah, I think um, our performance last weekend and, and late in the season in the NCAA tournament says a lot about <clears throat> this team's determination and also trust in the process. Um, obviously, it's been a very different year for for everyone playing this year. On our side, I feel like we've had just several people in our program with a lot of personal adversity uh, throughout this past year. And it it's taken a while for us to 
just get to where we want to be with the type of tennis we want to be playing and really playing together as a team. And I think there were times this season where we knew we were on the right track and there were times this season where we took some pretty disappointing losses. Um, but for the team to really trust in that process and through those tough losses, honestly build confidence and build, respond with greater determination. I think that's led us to where we are right now today um, in the Sweet 16. And I'm just so thrilled because this past weekend in the regional was truly a full team effort. It took every single person uh, in our program to, to make those two wins happen for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I've talked to a, a lot of coaches and it's funny, just given the nature of the season, I suppose it's fitting that so many of them say their team is at their healthiest entering the final week of the season. And that is not <laughs> something you often say, but, uh, you know, I, I know the ups and downs you guys have gone through on your roster. Are you guys at your healthiest entering the final week of the year? Uh, I think that would be pretty tough to say. I mean, if you, sure. if you look at our roster and, and you see who's on our roster, I, I don't think we are at our healthiest. And I wouldn't say we were at our healthiest last weekend either. But um, I think we've gotten to the point as a team where we're going to give absolutely everything we have each time we step on the court. And honestly, our players aren't paying attention to the number they're playing or if they're not playing or if they're playing higher or whatever it is at this point, they're just going to do what they can to contribute. And I'm really proud of the fact that despite not having everyone on our roster on court competing, um, different people have stepped up over this last weekend. It's really cool. One of the, the things we're really proud of for this last weekend is um, every single person that played singles got a singles win between the two matches. Mm -hmm. No, when you can find a pathway to four points in many different fashions. Well, you know, that leads me to my next question, because you look at the numbers for your team. You know, uh, I think all but one position, you're over 500. And I think every player on your team, except maybe one, is also individually over 500. And so you guys have found in uh, found four in a bunch of different fashions. As a coach, does that give you more stress or perhaps a little bit uh, a little less stress knowing, you know, there are all of these different pathways to four? I, I think, um, yeah, I think it, when you get into the NCAA tournament and it's single elimination, you have to have multiple pathways. Mm -hmm. And the moment you start to say, oh, this spot's a lock for us, that's when crazy things happen and that person has a bad day. So while there's no spot that's a lock every single time for us at this point, we also know that when our backs are against the wall, any one of those positions could step up and, and take care of business um, and that we're going to do everything we can to stay on court. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, for the record, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, that, that's definitely the answer. Like, I agree with you. That, <laughs> that said, you know, Selma Ewing, 14 and 5 this yeah. season, 5 and 2 when she's been asked to step up to the number one position. There's no doubt the junior <laughs> has had a breakthrough season. What have you seen from her that's allowed her to do this? Yeah, Selma has had a really strong season. I'm um, really proud of her, particularly, I think she's had um, just really consistent work ethic. And she's also um, really approached tennis with a slightly different mindset. 
um, and, and played like she's got something to prove that she has something she wants to prove every time she steps on the court. And, and that's, that's helped her. And, um, that's brought her just real determination. And, uh, she's also, I think the fittest she's been for us, uh, in her time at USC. So all those factors have made a huge difference in her performance this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about those different pathways to four and, you know, again, Salmo was able to deliver a victory in one of your matches, but uh, you guys dropped the doubles point on in both of those uh, matches in Gainesville. I'm sure that is something you would not like to repeat. We, we won the doubles point against Florida. You did, I, for some reason, let me look here. Yep, you're right. I read that wrong. Again, it's, <laughs> we, we had to save some match points to do it, but we did it. You know what I did? I, I think I clicked that. So it says here Kessler and Zane won 6-3. This is on the website. It says Dvorak and yeah, Wilson. That's... Oh, it says Dvorak and Wilson are listed under UF, but they're USC, obviously. Yes. So yep. I'm, I'm, we'll call it an unforced error by multiple parties. No one, no Appar- one was a winner Apparently there. the NCAA uh, put up Florida 4-1 initially <laughs> on the bracket too. There you go. So that, that explains <laughs> it all. Um, I knew you guys won the match. We have that going. Yeah, uh, you have that right. <laughs> um, but – you know, again, so for your team, one and one in the doubles points, you know how important that's going to be. Is that something you've emphasized the past few days? Yeah, we've worked on doubles consistently throughout the season. Um, honestly, I think what's more important for our team is that we know um, even if we drop the doubles point, there's still a pathway. And when we win the doubles point, uh, on the flip side, the match is still not over because until we played – ASU regular season, we had not won a match where we had dropped the doubles point. So ASU regular season, which was our last regular season weekend, or second to last regular season weekend, was the first time we dropped the doubles point and then won a match against a nationally ranked opponent. So honestly, that was more important um, as we went through season is is confidence in our singles. Mm -hmm. And for your team last weekend, just to travel outside the West Coast to play an East Coast time zone match for the first time all year, it's a stupid question. Was it weird? Uh, I think we knew it was going to be a little bit challenging, especially being that morning match. And I, that's one of the other things I'm really happy with the team of just no complaints, no nonsense. Let's get out there. Let's do it. This is not a, you know, this is not a controllable. We don't get to pick our match time. Other teams, maybe not traveling quite as far. Who cares? Let's take advantage of this opportunity, even if it's a little bit of an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Clancy Shields has his team up at 4 a.m. to get accust- uh, adjusted to it. Is that something you're doing, or are you like, I'm sleeping? Uh, well, we well we chose to come back, obviously, sure. after, after Florida. So, you know, uh, I think a lot of the girls are still in between time zones right now, mm-hmm. and we are up nice and early for our flight tomorrow. So we'll be back on East Coast time tomorrow morning, whether we like it or not. Yeah, it'll be a pleasure to have you back uh, on the East Coast time zone. And, of course, in your round of 16 match, you take on a North Carolina State team that I think they're like 36-8 and eight in their last two seasons. And, you know, you know their top four, what they're going to bring. Their freshmen have gotten better throughout the year. What's it going to take from your team to knock them off uh, on Sunday? Yeah, honestly, um, you know, we – we know the, their ranking and and what they've done this season. They've done really great things. Um, when it, we know what our ranking was, we've we've kind of outperformed that, I guess, on paper. You would say, 
but I think we know what we're capable of as a team, regardless of who in our lineup is playing and who's healthy. And we're building and taking confidence from that. Um, the way I've always approached the NCAA tournament as a coach is, is that it's a celebration. And that's something I learned early on. And, um, and it's about us. It's about your own team. So our team is far less focused on NC State and far more focused on the things we can control and how we want to compete as a team together on Sunday and um, what we're going to bring. And if there's a pathway to four points in there, we're, we're going to find it. And if NC State, you know, plays lights out, they, they play lights out. But what we're hoping is that we both play our best tennis and that it's a great match and we've got opportunities in there. No, absolutely. We're all looking forward to seeing it. I I want to ask one non-USC-centric question because I don't know if there's a person better suited to answer this than you. Uh, for listeners who don't know, you won six straight team championships in your first six years at Williams. I think it was eight total, which... By the way, hey, great shot. That's pretty freaking awesome. Um, and <laughs> obviously this season, for the first time since 2009, Stanford's not going to be in the quarterfinals. I think it's the first time since 1985 they haven't won two NCAA matches. What does a streak like that you know, do for the rest of college tennis? And you know, what does a streak like that coming to an end, what does that mean? Because you know, obviously you've experienced something like that. Yeah, I, you know, I can't really speak um, for Stanford, obviously. I do know um, the the year, year seven at Williams when our team did not win and we lost earlier in the tournament. I remember um, just, I knew I what I wanted out of our team. I knew we would eventually lose, you know, streaks are meant to be broken and that's going to happen. And and for me, I got what I wanted out of our team and I was so proud of them and happy for them. And I wanted them to feel that too. And that was to play with a ton of heart, put it all out there, support each other as a team. And and my team was able to do that. So, you know, I hope, I hope for Stanford that um, Lily and her team feel like they gave it everything they absolutely had and, and played their best. Um, I was fortunate to feel that when, when our streak was broken and our, and our players felt that, you know, once they had a time to kind of reflect. Um, but unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Streaks are awesome. They're so fun to be a part of. But eventually, somebody's going to come in and knock you off. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I, I'm curious. And I, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Are they the, the Fs? William F. Williams Fs, right? Uh, Eves. You say Eves. Eves. Yes, there we go. Close. Do you keep your eye on the Eves? Oh, yeah. I just got off the phone with the head coach there. She was my assistant. I was on the phone with her earlier today. They just got their bid into the D3 NCAA tournament. Um, they've got some obstacles as well. They're playing with five players right now this year. So uh, we've got uh, we've got a few couple things in common and, and I'll be cheering them on. And a couple of their one of a couple of my former players were. I think watching when we played Florida on on the live stream, and I was getting texts from them, so it's all a big family. Mm-hmm. I, the question I the, to, the reason I ask, would you play Williams? I would love to see a D one D three crossover. Would you do it? <laughs> sure. I mean, they played in our stadium. Um, yeah, I you know I like it when when divisions cross over. I like it mm-hmm. when there's opportunities for that. Uh, it's it's. You know, it's just good tennis is good tennis, and um, players that know how to compete really well 
know how to compete and can raise their level and that's always fun Mm -hmm. no i i completely agree that's a great way of putting it good tennis is good tennis and so i would love to (laughs) see it and i know we're going to see good tennis from your trojans as well in orlando so coach thank you so much for taking the time to chad travel safely to orlando and i you know i have to say it fight on right as we get into it yes thank you i appreciate that of course take care coach bye